You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I don't know why I say ladies, because I think the demographic of this podcast is like 97% men, if not 99% men. Uh, I tell you what, if you are a lady who listens to this Hunting Gear podcast, do me a favor and reach out to me on the Nine Finger Chronicles uh, on Instagram and let me know what you would like to hear on this podcast in regards to gear, uh, women, women specific or just gear in general. I'd love to entertain the uh, the 2% of my listening population for at least a couple episodes. But other than that, uh, man, we got a good podcast today. We're going to be talking about hunting packs. Uh, we break it down in this episode by whitetail, more of your tree stand saddle hunting type of environment we you know we talk about permanent sets we talk about um, mobile hunting packs and things like that and then the second half of the the show is dedicated to western hunting packs and and so this whole episode I do with my good buddy Bob Polanik now Bob used to be on this uh, podcast quite a bit and we used to uh, talk all things hunting gear and equipment but on this episode what we do is we talk about our likes and dislikes, what we like to like pocket configuration, zipper configuration, uh, straps, where you like your pockets, um, how big of a pack, how you use the packs, uh, how we use the packs, uh, so forth and so on. And so that's what today's episode is about, man. All about hunting packs. Pretty, uh, pretty cut, you know, cut and dry there. And uh, for me, I'll tell you this right now. I know we mention it just a little bit, but I feel like hunting gear, um, especially packs, like I don't, 
I feel like you, you can get away with a, a junk pack or a really cheap, non-functioning... I mean, it's going to function at some level, but uh, as a whitetail hunter, you could probably get away with a little bit more. If you are mobile, then you that narrows it down a little bit. But Western packs, when you're out all day long, you, they need to be durable. And um, I think they are. it's more important to have a good, solid pack um, that it just fits your, your body type well. And I think uh, out West, that's a little bit more important. So... Uh, awesome episode today with Bob. Uh, before we go ahead and jump into the episode, though, I have one commercial that I have to do, and that is for the uh, code for Code Blue Sense. Now, Code Blue Sense is brand new, a brand new partner, and it's my job to educate you on what they have. They have Cover Sense, they have Synthetic Sense, they have scent elimination products and the product me personally that I'm looking forward to using the most this upcoming season is the Ropadope. Let me pull that up here real quick. Uh, Sense. Uh, here we go. The old Ropadope. The Ropadope is basically a mock scrape system that uses a licking branch. They call it licking branch gel. Um, on its rack rub and basically it's supposed to um, uh, be like the preorbital gland that bucks rub on everything uh, like in the licking branch and so the rope is supposed to represent the the licking branch and where they rub their their glands on and and the reason I'm looking forward to it is because I'm going to be doing a lot of mock scrapes i like it's something that i've never done i'm very interested in it there's a lot of people out there who say that like if you if you set up a, a mock scrape in the right spot every buck in the area will come and visit it uh, and so i'm going to give that theory a test this this year with uh, the, the code blue rack rub in the rope dope system so um as i start to to mess around with it follow me on social and follow me on the nine finger chronicles podcast as well where i'll talk more about how i set it up and, and things like that but the cool thing about code blue is they they kind of um not not including their synthetics but their real scent the cool thing about it is one deer per bottle one tarsal gland from one deer soaked in its urine and it's from one deer and so it's really cool um, how they do it and it makes it makes a lot of sense so it's not necessarily a blend it's a real deer one real deer and I feel like deer use their nose to communicate and so there you have a uh, you know a, a pure individual deer that's in an area and I don't know. I just feel like that's the best type of sense to have. So um, if you want more information about Code Blue Sense and the Rope-A-Dope system that I mentioned today, go visit CodeBlueSense.com and at checkout, I have a discount code for you, NFC20, and that will allow you, I believe, 20% off of, I got it right here. Uh, I believe it's 20%, yeah, 20% off site-wide. Uh, so any products, 20% off. So go take a look at that. Uh, appreciate everything uh, that you guys do. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Bob, for uh, taking time out of your day to do this. Uh, it's that time of year where we're going to start climbing up in trees, so we got to make sure we wear our safety harnesses, excuse me, our safety harnesses 
Um, so good luck this upcoming season and enjoy this episode. Three, two, one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a while since this guest has been on the podcast. Mr. Bob Polanik, dude, how you been? I've been pretty good, man. It's uh, summer in northern Michigan and uh, might be biased, but uh, I think it's the best place to be in summertime. Well, especially so. with especially with the pictures you're sending me of the steelhead. Those things are gigantic. Yeah. I, I don't know what it what it is about this last pic, set of uh, pictures that you sent me, but w- there's one of those steelheads just looks gigantic. Yeah, uh, they are. I mean, summer run, summer runs, uh, salmon and steelhead are big, but uh, yeah, it's just fun, man. Running around a little river and catching fish that size. You're wet wading. It's hot out. Drinking a few beers. How, how, uh, what's a good steelhead? Like if you, if you hooked up to one and you're like, yeah, this is going to be a good one. What's, what's a good steelhead? Oh, probably anything over eight, eight or 10 pounds. Um, you start getting north of 10 pounds and that's pretty good steelhead. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, that looks, uh, they look, they look fun to catch. Do they fight at all? Oh yeah. Yeah. Plus you're. So with steelhead, you're probably hooking them on like eight pound test. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you're in a river, so you kind of got to play them. But yeah, usually you got to, it's a solid five, 10 minute fight. And if the smaller the river, the more log jams and stuff like that, that you got to navigate and not. To, <laughs> that's, not a, to, that's a big fish. That's a big yeah. fish. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else have you been doing this summer, man? Oh, uh, so the. Uh, moved into we built a house last year and we moved in october so this summer's been a lot of yard work okay. so getting a getting a yard in landscaping garden uh we're on a lake so dock and then we've been entertaining friends family all that good stuff so and then a ton of work as well so. yeah 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 that's uh yeah I, dude i want to build a house so bad i want to build like I see it in the back, you got like a big A-frame type uh, or grand room. I guess they would call it a, as a real estate yep. agent. But uh, uh, let me guess: a bank of windows that faces the water. Oh yeah, there it I is. I don't know. That's yeah, probably too bright, but yeah. Yeah. There we go. There you go. Heck yeah, dude. Yep. That's money. That's money. What yeah, dude. What lake are you on? Yeah, uh, it's called Arbutus Lake. It's up in. Uh traverse city okay. uh it's really it's really all my wife basically we're getting we're nowhere near where we were going to talk about but um no i was in iowa uh back in 2020 in november and she found this lot and she started texting me about it and like while i'm in a tree stand i'm like i don't i'm not looking to <laughs> buy a lot build a house like we're good it's like you know covid's happening you know i have no idea what's going on mm-hmm. with the world and the economy and jobs and stuff but uh, yeah, three years later, here we are. So clearly, whatever I was saying to her didn't uh, didn't matter. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's funny. I mean, like when my wife texts me and I'm in a tree stand, uh, my response is usually just do whatever you want without yeah. me reading the text messages that she sent. And it like just real long text message. I'm just like, okay, do whatever. And next thing you know, it's something that I probably should have read the the text message yeah <laughs> I, th- I think when i was out there i uh i said we'll talk about it when i get home and then when i got home she was like so i've been talking to a builder we went and looked at the lot and figured out where we'd put a house and i was like that's okay it's like that's a bit <laughs> it's 
not what I said, but okay. So <laughs> you're going. No, it all it all worked. It all worked out, especially with the way like uh, uh, rates and everything have gone up, and yeah. we got in way back in early 2021 when rates were still low. So, and we're still, you know, housing market was hot, so we were able to sell our old house for a, a good chunk of change. So no, it's it all worked out. But perfect, perfect. Well, congratulations yeah. on the new house, dude. Thank you. All Thank right. You. So. I tapped you today to come on to the podcast um, and talk about hunting packs. And before we get it, start, you know, dropping the brands that we like or that we've used in the past, uh, I want to start off with whitetail first because that's something that we've both grown up on. And then, then we're going to uh, transition into Western packs. Uh, I do a lot of mule deer hunting. You do uh, your yearly elk trip every year. And what, last year did you go on one or two elk hunts? I just went on one. I didn't have a tag last year, but my wife did. So okay. uh, I just I just called for it. But yeah, I've been going elk hunting for about 10 years now. Okay. All right. So with all that said then, when we're talking about whitetails here, um, whether it is in Iowa or Michigan, or whenever you're hunting whitetails in whatever state, what are you looking for in a whitetail pack? I mean, that's, that kind of branches off in two different categories. So one is if I'm self-filming, I'm trying to look at how I can pack in a camera, camera arm, uh, you know, the base that hooks up to the tree. Then also how I can strap uh, like my outer layers to it for my hike in. Uh, that's only if I'm going to film. Um, so it's, it's kind of like the function of it. If I'm not filming, which I've really gotten away from filming whitetail hunts the last few years. Um, so I've been going with a more like minimalist style, um, more of like a, like a waist belt, like a hip pack basically. Okay. Uh, and, and mainly just looking for it to, the main thing is, um, with both of them, it doesn't matter. I want them to be quiet and then I want to be able to have, uh, some of my key items easily accessible and i'm always i always really focus in on how i can strap either my outer layer to the pack or if i'm doing um you know if i if i'm doing a run and gun hunt it's i'm not always necessarily worried about strapping the tree or the the sticks to my backpack but definitely want to be able to strap the tree stand to my backpack yeah so and so you're talking about when you're when you're trying to get uh um when you're when you're trying to get mobile yep yep, yep okay. exactly all right all right so. and so let's 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 talk about that a little bit i know um in michigan you have more of a permanent tree stand set up am i correct uh <clears throat> yes and no there's a ton of public land in northern michigan and uh I bounce around on that quite a bit, but that depends. There's, there's, I've, I've used a couple different packs that are really good for hauling a tree stand. Um, and I've, I don't have those packs anymore, which I'm kind of disappointed, but, uh, the main one was like, I think it was like the Sika tool bucket yeah, and that the bag separated from the frame. Mm-hmm. And so you could put the tree stand right, right on your back basically and then strap the bag. So it was the frame and the bag sandwiched the tree stand together and it kept that weight really nice and close and I, I typically use just like a i don't know 11 or 12 pound um old the old lone wolf the smaller one the assault. um yeah yep 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 but uh i kind of got away from it because 
a lot of times I find I find myself just carrying my tree stand and my sticks in one hand and then my bow in the other. And, you know, I always, it doesn't matter morning or night, whatever it is. I, I always want to walk in with my bow in my hand. Yeah. Uh, I see a lot of guys walking into their tree stands with their bow strapped to their backpack. And I'm like, what that you're just, there's a big opportunity that you might miss if you pop up. Oh, a, yeah a target buck or something like that so yep perfect example um, of that came from 2020 i believe when i was walking to the tree stand and one of the target bucks was in this little draw on the field edge rubbing a tree and i noticed his head coming up and down and so i had my bow strapped to my backpack, strapped to trees, like with a tree stand. My release was in my pack as well. Cause I was just walking through the middle of a cat. My plan was to walk through this middle of this cattle pasture to get to where I was going to set up. So I had to slide the, I, I, I still to this day don't know how it, I didn't get busted. Um, slid the backpack off, unbuckled the strap, had to take my bow out uh, move my tree stand so I could unzip the top part of the bag to get my release, hook it on, knock an arrow, walk. I don't know. So I, I just kind of kept walking and my scent was blowing right at him. And then I had this gigantic, uh, I think it was an oak or a cottonwood. I can't remember big tree that I was able to walk up right behind into 20 yards and, and ended up, or he was between 20 and 29 yards. And I, so I was like 25 yards. And so then I shot him and, and luckily I got him, but, but I'm, man, it was, uh, it was a scary moment. So that my friend also is why I, I have my bow out every time. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't, you just don't know. I mean, all it really takes is about eight seconds to kill a deer. So yeah. you got to be ready. Yep. So, yep, absolutely. What kind of pocket configuration do you like or or i guess the 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 inside part of it what do you what do you like hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. If I'm going with like an actual backpack, um, some internal pockets that keep my gear, you know, like whether it be a grunt tube, rangefinder, maybe some snacks, something mm-hmm. like that. I want it to keep it towards the top of the pack. Yep. Um, I don't like when I have to reach in and dig all the way down to the bottom of my pack for whatever I'm looking for in the middle of a hunt. It's just, it's more noise. It's more movement. If I can keep it all kind of right there. Um, I've had some pretty good ones that have a a built-in pocket in the lid. Um, So it's not like a, it's not like a school backpack that like fully unzips, but they, you know, I think everyone kind of knows some of the more recent style hunting backpacks, but they have a, they have the lid that comes up, but usually that lid has a a double, like a zipper on the outside and a zipper on the inside. So you can get whatever, um a lot of times you know carry a you know a beanie in there whatever it might be so but that's just i'm not real big on or not real worried about the um the main pocket inside the bag because if i'm using a backpack 
I'm using it because I'm self filming and I'm, I usually have a, like a, uh, serial like Tupperware mm-hmm. that I put in the back to help hold the whole shape of the backpack. And also that's where I put my camera in order to protect my camera. So it doesn't get, you know, mic doesn't get busted off, right. you know, when you're stuffing, stuffing stuff in and taking stuff out. Yep. 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 So, so, and then, yeah, I mean, I really do like, a backpack that has like a good waist belt on it and that that has uh pockets on each side of the waist belt that are right on your hip uh, a lot of times i keep oh sd cards in there and spare batteries and sd card reader that's uh and a headlamp um that's kind of what goes in those those side pockets and just easy access if i'm if i'm grabbing a sd card off a trail camera um i can just quick swap it um, and I always kind of keep, you know, eight lithium batteries on me just in case uh, I come across a camera that's dead or whatever. So right, right, yeah, man, that that makes uh, that's a great point. I here's I I love the pockets on the belt as well, but I utilize those pockets on the belt. So my goal ultimately is to keep my backpack on. So I'll, I'll drop if I have let let's say how I used to do things or how I have been doing things, if I have a, a tree stand and uh, on my back, then I will take my pack off, take the stand off, put my backpack back on, and I carry my sticks on an, a bow rope. So that bow rope, okay. or the on the, a bow holder, that goes over my shoulder, and I put my climbing sticks in the, the bow holder. Um, and then, so all I have to do when I get to the stand is take my pack off, put my pack back or take the stand off, put my pack back on, buckle up and then put the, um, uh, take the, the container, the, the sticks out of the bow rope and then start putting those up without having to take my backpack off again. So then when I get to the top, right. And I, I step onto the tree stand. The first thing I do is buckle in. The second thing I do is reach into those pockets and pull out my bag holder, I screw into the tree, and then I screw in my bow holder into the tree, and then I pull up my bow and hang it, and then I take my pack off and and hang it. And so I am, uh, do you hang your pack with your bat, your the, the back of it to the tree or front to the tree? Back of it to the tree. Yeah, okay, yep. Yep. So, and a lot of it depends on what way the lid opens on some right. of some of these i believe it's the uh the man what's what's the company i'm thinking of that we both use um Mis- mystery yeah, ranch the mystery ranch opens up away from the back and leans forward yep. um the treehouse has in the past and so I hang, and that's just real easy access anyway with that said i like my my bag top to open up away from the back and opens up forward. Now, when it comes to pocket configuration, my favorite thing, or what I like to use is two pockets on the outside. One, I can stuff a water bottle in. Um, and then, the, yep. and then the other is like, um, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I might not even use it. Maybe it's where I stiff, stick my gloves or maybe, cause I don't, I don't like to wear gloves unless it's really cold out. Um, so maybe I'll put uh, gloves in there, or maybe I'll put if I'm saddle hunting, then I'll put uh, my 
you know, I'm strapped into the tree, but then I'll put my tether rope in there, just grab it and put it on. So, um, so there's that. But then I personally like to stick all of my stuff in the big compartment of the, so usually let's say if I'm going to a tree stand, I, and it's really cold out, I'll have my bibs strapped to my tree stand. When I, when I'm in that process of taking off my, uh, stand, that is usually when, uh, and I'll set the tree stand up and then I'll come back down. I'll put my bibs on, put my pack on, then climb back up. That's the, like it. when, it, when it's cold, then that's what I do. But all my other layers, I, I stuff in there like my puffy jacket or my, uh, outer layer, all that stuff gets stuffed in the bag in an order that I want to take it out. So I run an Ozonics too. So the first thing that I do is pull out the, and it's on the top as I pull out my Ozonics, I screw it into the tree and I start to run it. Then I'll, then I'll obviously be hooked. I'm hooked in the whole time. That's the first thing that I do. And then I will pull out my puffy jacket, put it on, hang it up. And I get to the tree stand, let's say for a morning hunt or for an afternoon hunt fairly, like I'm, I'm there early before most of the movement starts. So I feel pretty confident and comfortable just slowly layering throughout the entire hunt so that by the time the sun comes up, I'm ready to go. And I'm, I'm yep. not going to, I'm not going to have any issues or same thing with an afternoon hunt. I've, I mean, I've, I've been surprised before, but I like a big, and then on the top, on the top pocket of the lid, is where I keep my grunt tube, my release, any additional hand warmers. Um, if I, like you, I also carry some batteries, some SD cards. So if I walk by a trail camera, I can I can check it. But other than that, man, I'm just like, let's see, I'm trying to think of what else I, I have to have in the purchase of a backpack. Oh, and that would be horizontal, uh, multiple horizontal straps that run across the back of the the pack to hold my tree stand if i want to put my bow back there on a already preset stand or on a preset saddle location um that way i can strap anything that i want to if i'm using my e-bike i'll strap my bow to the back of it i'll strap my uh, saddle platform to the back of it um but outside of that man my my whitetail pack is very much um minimalistic compared to my western my western approach gotcha i'll i'll uh, i'll just quick touch on a couple things um because my process is a is similar but it's just a little different um and real quick um Dad, are you running the newer uh mystery ranch treehouse nope i'm running yeah. the the older one without the let, let me ask you this have you do you have that new one I do. I actually helped design it, and uh, I like the original one better. Yeah, dude. It it fits better. It rides higher. It's I don't know. It's I never found it to be loud, but they made some they made some improvements. Um, but they made they. I don't I don't know what size bag the original one is. Let's just say it's a twenty liter bag. Yeah. Um, the new one. They have two new ones, and it's like they did a bigger one and a smaller one. And I was like, no. I asked you guys to just add some features with <laughs> the same size bag. You're right. So, right. Uh, no, they, they were going um, to take that lid, and they were going to have that lid open 
um, basically if you had your backpack on, they were going to have the lid basically open like at your back. And I was yeah. like, no, can't do that. Yeah. And then also they took away like the squared off bottom. This is all on the prototype. Yeah. They took away the squared off bottom. So when you'd set your bag down, it always fall over. And I was like, nope, nope. I was like, you guys are obviously Western hunters. Yep. Um, you're not, you're not <laughs> yep. stand hunters. Yep. But I was like, you need that squared off bottom. So that bag just stays upright on its own. It's got to open up away. But, and then, yeah, they came out with the, the two different sizes and I was like, and yeah, so I run the bigger one because the bigger one has, um, the has a waist belt. The small one, I don't think it does. Yeah, it's just the shoulder straps. Um, yeah, and then they just came out with a nice waist pack that I don't have yet, but uh, I'll, I'll plan on running that because I like the Sika's got a good waist pack that I've been using when I'm just quick run into a tree stand for a, a morning hunt or an evening hunt, and I don't need to bring a bunch of gear with me. But um, as far as my process goes, um, when I'm walking. I get to the base of the tree and I try to go up once. Yeah. Um, so I put the tree stand on my back and then I put a rope to my bag and a rope to my bow. And then I've got my sticks secured onto, I wear a rock climbing harness Yep. and my sticks secured to my harness. So it's just boom, three, four sticks up, uh, tree stand. I get on a tree stand. I've always got, I'm using my, uh, lineman's belt. I use that as my, um, like my tether. Um, so I just get that all hooked in and then boom, pull my bow up, arrow knock, <clears throat> you, yeah, you know, screwing a bow arm, whatever, screwing a hook for your bag. And then, yeah, but first, first things up is the bow arrow knocked release on. So anything happens, I'm ready to go, which actually saved me this year because I hunted a farm for about 90 seconds in Iowa and I was able to fill my tag because I, because I pulled my bow up and knocked an arrow first instead of doing anything else so but and then i bring my bag up and then uh i throw on my outer layers and stuff like that so so wait a second did you have your pack and other stuff on the ground when you shot your buck or yeah dude i was uh i was it was 1 30 in the afternoon and i had been letting my buddy hunt this one chunk of timber that <clears throat> that uh he kind of normally hunts and i hunt a different farm but he was kind of I don't know. He wasn't really hunting it that hard. He had slept in that morning and I was like, and it was, I mean, it's November 15th in Iowa. I was like, yeah, okay. So <laughs> I'm going to go hunt that. I don't, I don't care what you're doing. Um, got in there, hung a tree stand, got up it, pulled my bow up, um, bag still on the ground and it's all hill country. So I'm actually first time I'd ever used milkweed. Yeah. I'm throwing milkweed and it's all floating around and i'm like oh wow I'm like that's really taking my scent where i didn't think and i look over to my i'm looking to my right with the with the milkweed um i look to my left and at 60 yards there's a buck a shooter buck coming and i was like holy shit and i like look at my i look at my hand i'm like i don't have my release on so i had to quick grab my release i barely got that on one motion pulled my bow off the bow hanger came to full draw he stopped at 10 yards right where i walked in and i just absolutely shoulder punched him quartering at me and he didn't go i don't know 100 yards but i just knew he was dead yeah I mean, it was it was through the top shoulder came out his op opposite armpit and it's yeah it was good stuff but <clears throat> literally was in the tree for 90 seconds okay so i and i got to go back to my buddy and i was like told you it wasn't that hard i just had to be there for 90 <laughs> seconds and kill deer so a little smack talk was, was always good yeah you brought up a great point there though and 
I don't want my backpack to fall over either when I set it down. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want it. I want it to stand up so I can dig into it. Like, especially if I want to set it on before I hang it up, if I'm digging through it and I set it on the seat of my tree stand, um, I want it to stay there. Yep. So that, you know, having, having, I'm a huge fan of having some support and, uh, there are, you know, specific brands out there that have in like, not necessarily in an internal frame, but the way that the corners of the pack are designed, it, it collapses in a little bit, but it doesn't fully collapse all the way. Yeah. That original Treehouse is a really good bag. Mm-hmm. That's, that's still my favorite. Yep. yep. Um, they, they, you know, they did make some improvements on the newer ones. Uh, I know a lot of people weren't a big fan of the camo pattern, but, um, you know, during the, during November, that camo pattern, it's a lighter camo pattern. Um, so if you're kind of in a, you know, you're in trees with no leaves, pretty much a lot of daylight's coming through. Mm-hmm. So I think it does kind of work well. I think that's kind of the same thing with that, um, with Sika's like elevated pattern. I think that's way more, that's, it's beneficial to have that pattern uh when you're hunting in november with with no uh no leaves and you're trying to break up your outline and not get skylined um amongst all the branches and stuff like that so yeah but um yeah like the night mystery inch did come out with two <clears throat> new packs i think one's another smaller tree house and then one's a, a, a waste pack so right. um yeah it'd be interesting to see how those work out so and then uh i know i i use that sick uh tool bucket or something like that and that bag always collapsed on always itself. yeah i had yep. i had one too and then sold it yep same same but i loved it for hauling tree stands mm-hmm. but then it did get a little old i always have to like on yeah there's just a lot of buckles when when you were using that yeah sick of bag so yep yep um yes so i agree what, talk about the fabric uh, a little bit on that mystery ranch too because some of those like that mystery ranch pack i feel like the, there would be a lot of cockabers that new one it's like that fleece lining or it's a, a soft yeah. now the guy i think the guy when i was at the ata show this year he talked to me a little bit about it um and i think it's designed to not like it's it it will collect them but you can pull them off easier than let's say like a normal fleece cuz normal fleece is like the the fibers are looped in and they're not straight fibers so that's yep. what causes them to like the sitka pants that everybody has that if you walk yep. through beggar's lice that it's going to be there for the rest of its life yep pretty much no you're absolutely right because they're just strands that yep. with like you know just dead end strands mm-hmm. you can just i have a burr paw and i think you recommended that to me many years ago and that thing has saved so much of my gear i actually keep it in my backpack um but yeah you just you can just wipe it right off it's not okay. it's not a problem it is i will say that bag is silent yeah so yeah so yeah okay um anything else that is a necessity for you on a whitetail backpack No, I think we kind of nailed it all. I mean, you said like the horizontal straps. I also like vertical straps on the bottom of the bag. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. yep. If you want to carry so, like a, a big coat or something yep. on the bottom. Yep, I got big it. Coat. I've, even, I've even put like mini sticks on that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, I'm a bigger dude, so I don't have to, if, you know, if I've got a 17 inch stick, it's not much wider than my ass basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I don't, it doesn't get hung up on much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I, it's really just got to have a good waist belt to help support that load. If I'm hauling a tree stand or not. Yeah. So do you like on the strap that goes around your waist? Um, do you like the ability to pull both sides even, or do you like a one buckle where the adjustment is always on one side? I like the both side. Yeah. Cause you just, you can just like, it's just nice and easy to just cinch it right down. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that too. Yeah. The only issue with, in my opinion, the, with the problem that I see, if I was going to somehow be like to design a bag, there's so much extra length when you're trying to have a one size fits all type pack of yeah. the extra straps that I have to tie it up multiple times to keep the slack from, I don't know, knocking at my knees or getting caught on something. I just tuck it right back in, in between the, the waist belt and my hips. Yeah. That's so. a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else about whitetails before we move on? Um, not on the pack front. I mean, okay. I can talk about whitetails all day long. But... Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, let's get into your, uh, we'll talk, we'll talk about our Western, um, our Western packs now, because like for me, it's a bigger, I'll just say this. It's a bigger bag and I'm carrying more gear and I'm going in and out of it more throughout the day. Would you, is that, do you do something similar? Are you using, are you, you're opening and closing it more throughout the day? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay. What do you look for in a Western pack? Durability. Mm -hmm. Something that's not going to fail on me because I, if I'm going into the mountains for five, six days, uh, I can't have a zipper break, especially a main one. I cannot have a strap break. Uh, that bag is, I mean, your boots, your bag and your bow are like your most, important things in my opinion yeah on a, on a on a western mountain hunt um i mean obviously your gear rain gear whatever like that but uh a bag that bag's got to be bulletproof uh i'm not really terribly worried about the noise i mean western hunting for elk is a loud i mean it can be pretty loud um so you know it's not like any of those bags squeak or anything like that but like with just brushing up against the fabric stuff like that i'm not terribly worried about the how loud it is um I do like it more of like, just because of that durability and I don't want anything to malfunction on it. I do like a very simple bag. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not really interested in a bunch of uh, organization pockets. Basically the more organization pockets you have on a Western bag or any backpack, the heavier it's going to be right. Mm -hmm. it's more fabric for the pocket stuff like that. So um, not always terribly worried about the weight of a backpack. But yeah, they typically come in around between six and seven and a half pounds. It's pretty standard across the industry. Uh, I know that the kind of seems like the lighter the bag, um, when you get heavy loads in it, the more uncomfortable it's going to be. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, good waist belt, something that can I can you know at the end of the way, if I can put I can put a hundred pounds in it, and I mean it's going to suck, but it's not going to wreck me. Right. So. Right. Yeah, man. Um... I don't know how, like, I, I'm I'm not able to speak eloquently, I guess you would say, on how to adjust a pack and things like that, because it's all feel for me. 
Um, so I will say yeah. this, that if you have a pack that does not ride, because I, man, I, I've had multiple Western packs. Uh, I think I've found a, a good one right now that I, I'm, I really like. Um, but I'll tell you this, I, if they don't, if it doesn't ride good on your hips or it, it keeps slipping out and you have to keep tightening, tightening it because I did have a, uh, three and it wasn't in the mountains, so it wasn't crazy, but there was still a lot of up and down that we had to go through. It was like three and a half, four miles pack out with a hundred pounds, but each of us had a hundred pounds, uh, of combination of meat and our gear in our back, in our pack and, and hiked, uh, hiked it out. And it, the pack that I have now did a good job. It sucked. Trust me. I mean, it hundred pounds on your pack in your back sucked, but outside of that, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think it matters what bag you use. Exactly. Exactly. But I will say this, that I had a pack when I went elk hunting, uh, the first couple of years that really did suck even with the amount of um, just the gear that I was carrying in. And it was, it, it, it did not ride like the one. It wasn't adjustable like the one I have now. Um, it was durable. It was loud, but uh, it just did, it wasn't comfortable. So the one I have now is much more comfortable, much more adjustment on the shoulders and the hips. And there's the padding on the hips. For me, I like, like, I like a lot of padding, um, and I, I like it to stay still. So um, the hip belt has to have, like, there's some cutouts that allow, it's almost like the cutouts, you can rest r- right on your hip bones, uh, your yep. pelvis, and it just kind of sn- snugs into place. And so I like to wear my pack, especially even if it's, even if it's not full of gear, I, I still like to wear everything tight type yep. to me so yep i'm with you um i i had a similar situation the first couple of years i elk hunted uh i used i forget the i forget the brand but had a bunch of different um organizational pockets and stuff like that a bunch of different zippers mm-hmm. i had a zipper break on me during the middle of a hunt it wasn't a critical one but still just like well i can't put anything in that pocket anymore yep um it was a heavier pack and yeah, the, the waist straps and the shoulder straps always just loosened up. Um, you know, every, it was like every like 20 minutes, I was like tightening everything back up. Um, so yeah, I switched to another mystery ranch bag. It's the Metcalf. Yeah, um, run- yeah. I've been running that for the last few years. Um, it's, it's very comfortable as far as, as far as loading a backpack. Um, I mean, I've, I've, heard and from many western hunters kind of you want the your heaviest part of your pack you want it to be in the middle mm-hmm. so you want like your sleeping bag on the bottom or your puffy jackets on the bottom and then like your your food or your main gear your tent or whatever in the middle and then some lighter stuff on the top again yeah. but uh, the nice thing about that mech half is yeah you can that bag's like a i don't know 60 liter bag or something like that so you can pack that thing to the brim hike in get into camp get out get everything out of it and then you can use it just for your day for day hunting and it the way that the straps the compression straps work i mean you can get that bag right down to like almost like a 10 liter bag and it's very slim on your back and you don't you know 
you're you're going underneath tree limbs and stuff like that you're going in between trees it uh, it becomes a very uh tight to your body and it, you know just you're not rubbing it on anything anything so that's a, it's a pretty nice bag i'm a, i'm assuming there's several other companies that make a great yeah a great western hunting backpack yeah uh we same question different uh backpack on a western hunt what do you like for pocket configuration or zipper configuration straps all that stuff um so mainly that bag and it's kind of what i was talking about it's got one big zipper on the side of it and to me that's nice because if i need to access something at the bottom i can kind of just unzip it but leave like it all like compressed down Mm -hmm um otherwise it's just one big opening on the top and as far as you know there's no organization to it you know i think it's got we got it's got a water bottle slot on one side then i think i've got um uh on the waist belt i've got a pocket and then i also have you know my bear spray on the other side but um and that's all in that uh that webbing or whatever that's all hooked in but uh Otherwise, I just organize everything in my backpack with dry bags, um, mainly because I hunt in grizzly country. So I'm going to, when I come in, I'm going to hang all my food in a tree in a dry bag. And then my bag's not waterproof. So anything critical, I just keep in a, one or two small dry bags. Okay. And, you know, I've got, I've got one that's kind of like my first aid kit um and that's pretty small um you know it's got a lighter duct tape it's got some stuff some equipment for my bow a new d loop um the specific allen wrenches i need for like my sight or anything like that um it's got you know three extra batteries and then you know just some some basic first aid supplies and then i think the other little small drive bag i don't even know what i i can't think of what i keep in that right now um yeah and my i mean my food's all into like ziploc baggies so yeah i got you essentially dry bags so So, i mean how do you use it are you packing up camp every morning and moving and then resetting it up in the afternoon or do you set up your camp once and then go out and then come back set up camp once usually hike in i don't know two to four miles set up camp and then uh just use that as my base camp and just day hunt from there basically okay so all right all right, so um, for me, I carry – now, hey, uh, the other question is, do you carry a spotter and a tripod when you're elk hunting? No, I hunt dark timber, and uh, yeah. so not a real need for it. I've – not to get off topic, but um, starting to hear more and more successful elk hunters um, have moved away from the dark timber because – I mean, you can, I've had so many bulls within bow range and I cannot get a shot off because it's too thick. Yeah. So like, yeah, they're like, yep. Just, I've been talking to a lot of experienced hunters and they talk more and more about hunting some of that broken timber, some of those open meadows and stuff like that, just because your shot opportunities are, you know, your chances are just higher right? for a good shot opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. That mean, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but no, I don't, I don't have a spotter or a, uh, I, ha- I own one, but I don't, I don't bring it with me up on like a, a backpack, a bivy hunt. Yeah. So for me, when I go mule deer hunting and I'm, that's how it starts every day is spotter on top of a hill, glassing 
thousands, you know, thousands of acres trying to pick apart drainages and all that stuff. So I, my pack has to have a side strap and a pocket. So on one side, I'm putting my spotter and my, um, uh, my spotter and my, that's already connected to a lightweight tripod. And so I'm, I don't ever have to put it together. I just pull the whole thing out. And so that's strapped in on the other side is a full Nalgene bottle of water, right? So that's where I carry my water. Now, I also, here's a, here's something we didn't discuss yet, but I also carry a, uh, a water God, a platypus or whatever they're called. Um, yeah, a water bladder, a water bladder in with a yep. hose that comes out so I can drink out of it as well. So yep. do you, do you, I, the pack that I know, I think if you have the same one as me, that has that in there. Are you running, yep. a, are you running a bladder? Yep. I just run a three liter bladder. Um, I'm, I just bring, I might bring like a small, like six ounce foldable cup. Um, so I can, I usually bring like a, a mountain ops, like dry packet with me. And I get, you know, for the evening hunt, I usually mix that up. And let me tell you what, a full packet and six ounces of water is uh whew, that'll wake you that'll wake you up <laughs> a lot of strong a lot of caffeine pretty, a lot of caffeine and it's a uh, it's pretty sweet and it's super concentrated so yeah yeah um i've had i've had many times of just uh, this off topic but many times of taking those packets and it's just that powder and just pouring it in my mouth dry and then trying to you know wash it down with water and yeah, you start coughing out dust, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you usually get you usually get a pretty good laugh out of it. Yep. Yeah, yep. Um, anyway, so yeah, I, I don't typically bring the extra the extra bottle. Um, I, instead, I bring like the it's a small Sawyer water filter with a small bag. Okay. So if I because it's a it's a three liter hydration bladder that I have with me. And gosh, the first first day or two I ever elk hunted, man, I sucked that thing dry by like noon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just yep. guzzling water. So you have to kind of figure out how to pace yourself. Or if you're going to, if you are going to drink three liters in a day and you're potentially going to run out, I, I just started bringing like the mini Sawyer and I, and I just take a small 12 ounce bag. So I cross yeah. a creek or whatever, I can just quick filter some water and, and refill. Yeah, that's but. a fact, man. I drink, even on the mule deer hunts where I'm spending a lot of time, just being out in the wind and the sun will dehydrate you. And I drink a ton of water. So I'm, I'm bringing that Nalgene bottle that's on the side. I'm also running a bladder. And I'm also has, I also have another Nalgene bottle in the bottom of my pack because I've ran out of water before on, mm. on an elk hunt and on a mule deer hunt. And the, the hike back to camp sucks. The hike, the hike back at the end of the day and you've got cotton mouth and your body, you're basically pissing gravy that sucks man so i would rather have more more of that more water than less water so yeah at the same time i strap because of the style of hunting that i do i strap my bow to the back of my pack when i'm cruising i'm not unless i'm on a stock uh, i'm usually just kind of glassing areas um binos you know binos right here on my chest uh bow yep. is strapped to the back and then i'll take it off every time I need to get, get in. But on the top of it, 
on the top of the pack, I like to have a big compartment. Um, the cool thing about the Metcalf is it has two compartments. And so one is a first aid kit for me. And the other one is a, um, all my food for the day, like, uh, munchies, like bars. I put an apple up there. Um, something, you know, oh, I know yeah. my, my snack, my snack little drawer, I guess you would say. And then, the, uh, that opens up, you get into the big main compartment, and then that's where all my layers are. So if it's a, if it's a cold morning and I'm glassing, I'll pull out the puffy, throw it on, um, or, or even a, another outer jacket, depending on how cold and breezy it is. And then uh, I'm basically putting, I'm in that compartment. The other cool thing about the Metcalf is, is that I believe there's a zipper that runs vertically along the back that gets you into the main compartment without having to take the top off as well. So you can get into your main compartment and pull out my puffy, pull out my layers. Um, Let's say my socks are wet or I don't know something. I always keep an extra pair of socks in my, in my bag as well. Um, I always keep uh, dude wipes in case you got to go number, go number two out there. They're biodegradable. So you can just leave them out wherever you, you know, wherever you go. And then, it's just a matter of easy access throughout the day. I have um, in in my pack, I also keep some uh, paracord for just in case type moments. I always have a knife, uh, my uh, uh, outdoor outdoor edge knife uh, with me in there as well, uh, in the top compartment with my first aid kit. Uh, my release usually stays on me the whole day, but this year I'm going to be moving to a thumb release. And not a wrist release anymore. So now I'll have that in a pocket, or I'll have to find a good place uh, for that. Yeah. No, I uh, some similarities, but so that the lid you're talking about with the double zippers on the Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm day hunting from camp or whatever, I actually don't. I don't. I don't run that. I don't keep that on. Oh, okay. I, uh, okay. Yeah, I leave that back at camp in the tent or whatever. Um, I think a lot of times that's what I put spare like if i go on a five-day hunt back in the mountains i think i'll bring two extra pairs of boxers two and two extra pairs of socks and you know i always have a camera i always bring a camera with me so then so the other one that other like tube on the lid i'll basically uh put a lens or two in there um and then yeah that kind of just stays back at camp um and then yeah game bags knife all that skinning knife all that type of stuff um anything you need to break down and then yeah layer so yeah kind of pretty similar but i just don't use the lid when i'm actually hunting right so. right hey that's not a bad idea just more stuff more stuff um i'll probably have to start thinking about doing that this year as well um outside of that man i mean my I, I, the durability is important because i'm taking it off and throwing it on the ground and laying on it, like when I glass, like I'm I'm using it as a backrest a lot uh, for when I'm you know especially if I have the spotter up I'm usually sitting up, but if I'm just using my binos then I'm leaning against it trying to get comfortable with a lot of support uh, there. But outside of that, I, I thought that I was gonna, you know, uh, I, I have a little uh, my wind checker is on my bino harness so I don't need. Uh, any access to that but outside of that man I, I feel like i'm yeah i feel i feel pretty good about my my uh my western packs 
and and how what I currently have and that's how you know everything that we've talked about that's kind of how I like it. I thought it was going to be more complex but it's almost simpler than I think it's I think it's simpler yeah I think it's my I mean setup. I, yeah, I would agree. I mean, and I, same with you. I mean, you, when you're doing, you mentioned, you know, you have your bow strapped to your backpack. Western hunting, I do that from time to time too. I mean, you're in wide open country, um, you're spotting, stalking, whatever. Like, and I'm typically with someone when I'm elk hunting. Mm-hmm. So if my bow is strapped to my back, I can quick have them yep. uh, unstrapped it for me. But uh, yeah, I do always pack a spare release. Um, yep. That's a, that's a big one. Um, and then, yeah, I, I will say that with a headlamp, I always keep my headlamp in the, in the pouch on the waist belt. Um, as soon as it's light out, I take that headlamp out. It's got three AA batteries in it. I take one of the batteries out and I reverse it. So I, if I, so it never gets bumped on because I oh, bumped it yeah. on before in the middle of the day when I went to go use it at night, the batteries were dead and I, and I couldn't, and I, I assume that was the reason, but I never had proof. You so. got to get one of those um, black diamonds. They have a lock on the front where you just hold it down yeah. and it locks automatically. So then it can't get turned on. And then you just have to hold it down again and then you can turn it on. Cause I've had I that. Definitely. I've had that same thing happen, dude. And walking a mile back to your truck in the dark, using your cell phone as a flashlight yeah. s- sucks. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Super annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'll say, just a, a tip about the water, um, if I had basically when it when it when night falls and I'm starting to head back to camp or if I'm day hunting, I'm heading back to the trailhead or whatever. From the moment I'm done, like kind of hunting and it's getting dark, to I'm just sucking water. I will suck that bladder dry until you know. When you're Western hunting like that, I mean, yeah. staying hydrated is probably one of the biggest things. So, yep, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, and that's part of the reason I don't drink a lot of caffeine when I'm out there because like today I have my coffee and I'm just pissing like a racehorse because it's a diuretic, right? So you're, you're peeing all the time. I don't like to have a lot of caffeine, um, in the, in the mornings because you're just dehydrating yourself right off the bat. And so, um, so there's that. Uh, dude, I just want to say thanks for taking time out of your day to hop on and BS about this, um, about, about this, and and uh, I appreciate your time. And man, I'm I'm excited for uh, for to hear stories, and, and I like the pictures that you send me from your Iowa farm and from your Michigan farm, and, and when you're out west. So good luck this upcoming season, man. Hey, man, I appreciate it, and uh, good luck to you as well. Um, and keep doing what you're doing with the the fall series. I. Uh, just been catching up on those and uh it was kind of weird it was kind of wild i was gonna text you the other day and you ended up texting me and it was gonna i was gonna text you a photo of the fall and the fall series you're doing with aaron and that's that's pretty good stuff. it's over now we've done eight episodes yeah we've done i'm only on episode three (laughs) okay well you better you better catch up as you can see from my comment to you uh my text to you i you, uh episode three you it's all about what a mature buck actually is yes so yes yeah absolutely i'm i'm with you on that people calling a three-year-old a mature buck has been wrong for a long time long time but long time anyway anyway hey man uh, appreciate it thank you